living large and taking charge, big boy. Listen up, it's Danny and Tay, and we are heard. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Hi guys, welcome back to episode 106 of Heard the Podcast. I'm Danny, and you can find um, Heard the Podcast on all podcast streaming platforms. That's Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, all those things. What's up? Oh, it's cool. I'll put it right there. <laughs> um, yes, you can find us on all podcast streaming platforms. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Heard the Podcast. It's H-E-R-D the Podcast. Um, and I'm joined by a special guest. Hi, DJ Bree Mafia. What's going on? How are you? Good. How are you doing? Hello. I'm so excited because, like, we never had, like, a female DJ on the show before. Are you serious? Yes, I'm really excited. I would say I went through and saw, um... Like two people that y'all have featured, y'all have Solo in here. Uh huh, Solo. Uh huh. Um, Solo's so funny. She is hilarious. I be dying at her. (laughs) I be dying at her. It's too much. And then go out with her and drink. That shit is hilarious. She's given me a couple shots before. Oh my God. We've done a couple shows together. Oh yeah. my god! See, I'm more so like a like I'll drink like socially, but I'm more so like I love smoking and like doing edibles. I'm getting more into the edibles. I can be yeah. honest about that. The edibles yeah. where it's at right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice I've done edibles. I've done all that. I've done the capsules. Um, I've done a lot. I've done a lot. I yeah. did it at this dispensary last Wednesday, and they gave me two cups of like three sour patches or two. Oh, I don't, the sour patches so are high, the devil. I can't remember. So it was like either four or six. My friend's boyfriend to take me home one night. Because I couldn't drive home. Because I took two Sour Patch Kids. I was done. I couldn't stand up straight. I was in a club, honestly. Oh, my God. Were you at a gig? I was at Trilla's gig. She was DJing okay. the cloak. And, like, I was falling over the booth, falling over the table. I was like, man. I didn't know they were going to hit like that. I haven't had edibles like that, so. Yeah. I'd rather, like, if new edibles are tried at home. But, like, I... I I do the same edibles over and over again because I know how I can, I know my tolerance and know what, what to take and when I that take whatever. So, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so on to the, the show. Um, <laughs> I've seen you've been really booked and busy, so we're going to talk about that. Okay. Um, but first off, I want you to tell everyone, like, where you're from and, like, cause are you from the DMV area? No, so okay. I'm from Delaware, actually. Okay. Um, but, so my grandparents have lived in PG, mm-hmm. like, all my life. They mm-hmm. live in Lake Arbor. Me too! <laughs> really? My grandparents live in Lake Arbor, yeah. Yeah, they stay off Lakeshore. Uh-huh. So, um, they stay out there. And then my aunt lived in Logan Circle for, like, in D.C. Uh-huh. For, like, five years, maybe. So, like, all my life, I've been visiting, like, Christmas, Thanksgiving. And then I would be between North Carolina, too. That's mm-hmm. where my dad's side is from. That's okay. where I went to college. But my grandparent, well, my grandmother moved to Delaware. But my great-grandmother got sick. My mom's side from Philly. My dad's side from North Carolina. Okay. So just all the perimeter of, like, yeah. So you went to school in North Carolina, like mm-hmm. high school or college? I went to college in North Carolina. Where'd you go? I went to A&T. Oh, shit. I transferred from A&T, and I went to Elizabeth City. And where's, where's Elizabeth City? In North Carolina still. Okay. You it's, finished um, I did not finish. I dropped out my senior year to DJ. Senior year? You almost made it. 2015. You were almost done. Mm. <laughs> you, okay, I feel you. I feel you. I was a graphic design major, so like, really, yeah. girl. So how I feel, okay, let me give you my perspective. How I feel is like, all right, I went to a small HBCU, but say I'm at a job at an interview, and I have this amazing portfolio that the client loves, mm-hmm. and this person went to an art institute, but their portfolio is not what the client wants. The, the client's not going to say. Well, they went to the art institute, so I'm going to get their portfolio. They're right. going to be like, no, I like this art. I like what they do as an artist. I'm going to hire them. So I realized, right. like, the degree is, like, a nice, like, backbone. 
but it doesn't it doesn't resonate and it does not like exemplify my artistry like the mm. degree is never gonna like like lead to the magnitude of like what i could create that's so i was just like i know enough and yeah. i like dipped <laughs> okay so like you know like the ins and outs of graphic design like you so know how to make your own stuff everything i do myself mm-hmm. mostly so like the last minute larry june mm-hmm. show like the flyer i made that like literally 20 minutes in the car mm-hmm. um all my mixes i edit myself same um, girl i edit this podcast i didn't ever do everything that's amazing. that whole page is me i just that's it's, so amazing yeah. mm-hmm. it looks great thank you yes so like that's i'm into web design uh coding mm-hmm. um i like i'm more of a I like to do design, so it's like I can give you an aesthetic, um, and I can give you kind of like a song, or I can give you like uh, uh, just kind of like a rundown of how things are supposed to be, like that kind of creative. Curate, I'm not really creating. the most like draw, like artist, like painting mm-hmm. kind of, but I'm like a visual and just like I'm really like that's my artistry. That's artist what graphic design is. Like you're designing something, you're putting things together. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why I left school, and then um, yeah. So then I ended up here because my mom was here too. She moved here to Maryland. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm just gonna come up here because all y'all up here. Mm-hmm. And then I got here and started DJing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I like that. I like that because I used to feel bad because I have my bachelor's at Towson in graphic design, mm-hmm. but I used to feel bad because I'm like, oh my gosh, should I get my bachelor? Should I get my master's? And should I go to MICA? And should I do this and do that? But like, I don't have to do that. Like, I I know enough on my own, and I can just like, if I need to learn any more, I can learn by myself, like with what I already know. There are so many people who like don't have that creative niche to like do stuff that would hire anyone to just bring an idea to life. Like, that's the thing. Like, there's so many people. And who's to say that, like, you know, one person or just everybody wants the same thing? Like, that usually doesn't happen. So it's just like, okay, I have an aesthetic, and I know that somebody's going to like it. Yeah. So. So, okay. So how did you get your name Free Mafia? Like, how did you get the Mafia? Okay, so in college, um, I have a homeboy. His name's James Brown. He's also a DJ. His name is James Brown? Yeah. Mm-hmm. His DJ name is DJ Erratic. He's from Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, and A&T, my freshman year, like, I've met lifelong homegirls. Like, there's, we're seven deep. Like, and when we first got to school, we met each other. We went everywhere seven deep. And oh, James, right. James was like, yo, y'all like the mafia, bro. Like, y'all just pull up everywhere mad deep. And he's like, Bree, you're the, you're the OG, bro. Like, Free mafia, like just it just was all complimentary, and so that's where I got the name from. But then also, I just love Three Six Mafia, mm. and I love New York old New York style rap. So like, let's give that a, a round of applause. So I want, I just want to, just want to press the button. Yeah. I just want to press the button. I just want to press the button. <laughs> yeah, and I love uh, Biggie and Lil Kim. Mm-hmm. So like the mafioso. So I think it just ties like. um you know, like, I feel like I I do a lot of things dolo, make a lot of moves dolo, like, business moves. But, like, I'm nothing without, like, a team of people. So, mm-hmm. that's, like, that's what the mafia is. It's not, like, a group of people, like, beating people up. Like, if you really look up the term mafia, it's a group like a of family. people. It's family, and it's a group of people with the same collective mindset and idea. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not violent at all. It's just some American movie shit. Like. So, like, how did you learn to DJ, though? Okay, so my uncle used to DJ when I was in middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. And I used to promote parties for him on MySpace. Oh. In Delaware. Oh, okay. A lot of people be sleeping on how de- how lit Delaware is. Okay. Delaware. Yeah, a lot of lit. a lot of DMV kids like they either went to like colleges in Maryland or whatever, but they also went to like Delaware State. Delaware State mm-hmm. is lit. Shout out mm-hmm. to Del State. I always think back like I if I would have went to Del State. Um, but yeah, so I was throwing parties on MySpace and, um, 
my uncle was DJing, and then I got to school. I got to A and T. I went to like the club, mm-hmm. and I feel like in Delaware, I was already clubbing low key. Like I felt like I was doing the same things. I'm just like I really came to college that like. My perception, really, of high school and college was, like, the movies. That's how I feel. Like, I hope my friends in Delaware can vouch for me. Like, weekends, we were playing flip cup. We playing beer pong. Like, we drinking, turning up. We smoking, like, house parties. Like, people renting out conference rooms and What was the music like in Delaware? Was it, like, house music? We loved everybody's music. Okay. So, we played Jersey Club music. Mm-hmm. Um, Baltimore Club music. Uh-huh. Love Meek Mill. Oh, you Lord. You know, like... Oh, Lord. We... We we didn't have our own. We had our own thing called swagging, and we had a couple artists in Delaware that like did the swagging music. Um, shout out to uh, Sap the Beatman who did a lot of like the really like original like popping songs, swagging songs in Delaware. He actually produced Mac Miller's um, Donald Trump. Oh, okay. Yeah, like he and um and uh, Jalo Beats too. A lot of people think it's Jungle Beats. Jalo oh, it's Jalo. Beats. It's not Jungle Beats. Holla at me. It's, it's Jalo Beats. Holla at me. It's so funny because like, when you listen, <laughs> nah, and y'all gotta be honest. When you really listen to it, y'all definitely don't hear no damn G when he says it. Jungle not, Beats. Holla at me. Jalo Beats. Holla at me. Oh, Jalo Beats. Holla at me. Yes, like oh my god. It took me a while. It took me a while to know that um what he was must let on the beat. Ho, that took me a while too. Sometimes people don't mean. So, yeah, like, that's what we had in Delaware. We had our little swag and things. So we listened to, like, everybody. So, like, my music, my taste of music is so broad. Like, Wale was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. When I was, in, when I was like, my freshman year of high school, it was Wale, J. Cole, uh, Drake. You went, to, you went to high school in North Carolina? I went to high school in Delaware. Delaware. So okay. I grew up in Delaware, four years old to 18. Uh-huh. And then I was in college in North Carolina from 18 to 22. Yeah, and then I moved here when I was 22. Okay. 2015. Yeah. Doing the math right on that, I think so. Okay, Wale fan. Yeah, he's been doing like a lot of press lately too. Yeah, he just dropped a project. His project is really good. I got invited to his signing, um, but I had I a gig, saw that. so I couldn't. So I like posted and see if, if anybody wanted. To Jada go was there and stuff. Yeah, everybody was there. Trell was there. That was dope. Um, but yeah, so that's how I got started DJing. I just like went to parties in college, and I would YouTube DJ, and then so you would do on YouTube, like mm-hmm. you would just play, like you know, put it together yeah. or whatever. Because I would go to the clubs and realize the clubs was, like, home. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I came to college to, like, tee up, tee yeah. up, like, on some grown shit. And I felt like that wasn't growing anymore. I felt like I had already done it. I, didn't, I, I thought people was coming to college to do, like, I don't know. I felt like we had been clubbing. So I was like, where the house parties? Yeah. Like, where the, you know, let's go to different schools. Where the networks so I can know, like, what the moves are. And, like, I don't know. That's how we moved to Delaware. But mm. I would DJ off YouTube. And then I eventually went to South by Southwest 2015. Oh shit! And that convinced me to drop out of school. I was just so you that. went as like a just a, as like a concert goer. Yeah, my, and you just saw like the crowd yep. and like how everyone just reacted to. My everything. really good friend was hosting a pop up for um, Key and Man Man Savage, who are two artists from Atlanta, mm-hmm. and they were hosting a pop up for one of their shows. And I like probably saw like probably two women DJs, and they was cranking. But I was like, it has to be more. I'm like, I could crank this for like this crowd and this kind of music, like, but it's so underground. And then I was like, yeah, I dropped out of school. So like, how did you learn the technique though of DJing? Cause it's not easy. So I did my first internship when I got here. I had two internships, one with, um, DJ 100. His name is uh, Travis. He went to school at Bowie mm-hmm. and, um, like, Travis, what's his name? Travis DJ 100. Okay. Um, that's his DJ name. 
Um, is he our age? Because I'm 28. Yeah, How old are you? He's, yeah, I'm 28 too. I'm about to be okay. 29. Okay. He's definitely our age. Um, he's a cute. I, I feel like I feel like my cousin might my I, my cousin might know him, and, my, and I have a friend that's also cute. He might know. Okay. They all with the Bowie State. Where? Yeah. I yeah. So like I actually did like a lot of events for the Qs like when I first got here, mm-hmm. and um, I did my internship with him. He had like a backup set of equipment for me. Now when Travis told me how to DJ, it was club style DJ that mm-hmm. I didn't really like. But all I needed was the the difference between club style DJ. So is when you have like set genres because, um, you know, you you have your your rap, your R&B, your reggae, maybe your go go, maybe your slow jams, your twerk, then your club, like your um, club music. It's usually like a set in, and also to the timing. It's real fast paced. It's like fast transitions, mm-hmm. like because the momentum in clubs like that is like you have people coming in and out. Yeah. So yeah. you want the music to consistently go. So like, and it was also just the um the the type of music. So I was originally DJing like off of his MacBook and stuff, mm-hmm. but then I finally um he gave me a backing controller for my other gigs, but then I had another internship I got that gifted me a controller and I started to rent it for like a hundred dollars every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then after the internship was over, I asked if I could pay 200 every two weeks and keep it after like six months. Mm-hmm. And they eventually let me keep the controller. Yeah. Um, so then from there, because I already knew like what to do, I just plugged in my music and was like, this is how I would like to hear these transitions. And this is what songs I would like to hear when I'm out. Cause I don't, I feel like I, I never had a time where I get to hear that. I got to hear the music that I loved. When I was in high school and college, and I'd have to go to like kickbacks. To yeah, like I think everyone should follow you because I think your page is so like stimulating. I feel like I learn a lot just by just following your posts. And some, the other day, it was because it was really interesting because you were saying like there's a difference between a playlist and a mix. Mm-hmm. So like, can you tell us what's the difference between a playlist and a mix? Okay, so with the playlist, it's usually on like you know streaming platform. And you're picking songs that, that are already probably through distribution. You know, these are songs that are, like, people want everywhere. They're going through the process to get them on these platforms. That's one. Um, so that already is just an exclusiveness of music because not all artists understand or know or have access. And I feel like just because they don't doesn't mean that their music shouldn't get pushed just because it's not available or because mm. they rather have it underground. So playlist it's just you picking songs it's literally like how you used to make playlists on an ipad mm-hmm. iPod, i'm sorry an ipod like when they first came out putting songs like this is my i feel good playlist mm-hmm. or my sad playlist like mm-hmm. it's just a curation of songs mixes though um you're compiling a lot of songs that you like and in the program you dj it's called serato you can analyze them and they'll put them in order by bpm as beats per minute mm-hmm. all songs that are around the same bpm they can transition some way somehow. Mm-hmm. So then you're like, I, oh, well, I like this mix. It sounds good. And you're literally taking your recording songs, you're timing it, you're playing it, you're making sure you transition, you're making sure the BPMs match, mm-hmm. and you're going through and you're just making a very cohesive, mm-hmm. collective piece of art mm-hmm. versus just a bunch of songs that you just put into a list. Like click next, next, next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a real thing. And I'm glad you, I'm glad that you like explained that that's like a big difference and that's what really separates a playlist and like, and then also like the art of DJing. If that makes sense, because I went to like I went to the Kate Chinata concert a couple weeks ago. So did I, man. And I was so mad I didn't see you, but like I was down there. I'm like he just had everybody in a trance the whole time. He was DJing, like he was playing his music. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to be on, like singing. His art was like 
him making the the sound like sonically, if that makes sense. So it's like yeah. it's like a real thing. People need to put some respect on people need to put some respect on DJs because it's not just like oh like playlist. No, it's not that at all. And then like people also think that like you just have a a worldwide access to music. You know, people come and ask for requests, but it's like it's really not like this. Like if I don't personally like download it and put it into serato then i don't have it you know so like a lot of people think that you could just go into a search bar and just search music like while you're djing like no it doesn't work like that like if i haven't prepped or like downloaded that song before if it's not in the library it's just not there but the kitchen on show was dope was dope it was dope as fuck the visuals were dope dope. as fuck too yeah yeah um everybody was there yes everybody was there yes (laughs) <laughs> All the creatives were there, too. Yeah. You know? Okay, so how did you build your fan base? Because, let me tell you something. This girl been booked for the last few months. And let me just, I, I bookmarked a few things. I'm like, it's been flyer after flyer after flyer. And I'm like, damn, like, when is she just sitting still? When is she, <laughs> when is she just sitting still? She's booked. Like, she's booked. It's Brooklyn. It's Philly. It's it, not Philly. Did you go to Philly? I did go to Philly. Okay, yeah, Brooklyn, Philly, Atlanta, Orlando, UB and DC, all types of parts of DC, Northwest, whatever, DuPont. Like, okay, let me see. Okay, so, okay, so in September, she was at um, Bowery, New York. She was there. Um, and then also, Brie was at, um, what's this? It, Ardmore. Uh, what was this one? Yeah, that was Ardmore. That's right outside of Philly. She was in Philly at the Ardmore Music, at the Music um, Hall. Um, let me see. She was um, at the Pocket DC back in uh, October. Um, she did, she did like, are you like a, a resident DC, a, a resident DJ at, um, DuPont Underground? No, I'm but she not. always be there. She always be at DuPont. She always I'm put that DJ there twice. <laughs> twice? Yeah. I was only twice? Yeah. So um, I was a DJ with Lady God. They were the headlining band and that was like an amazing turnout. Um, what's so Lady God? Lady God is this band. Um, I'm not exactly sure, you know, what they specify their genre of music, but I would say it was like really punk rock mm. um it was it was nice they had a nice crowd nice energy they gave me a nice shot up before i got on the stage um and their crowd actually stayed and you know stayed for my set so i was really you know glad to share space with them okay fire band yeah what's your favorite city to dj in um it might have to be ooh, it might have to be I don't know. Like, what's your, okay, so what's your most, like, because mm, I feel like, I feel like you have, like, a very diverse palette mm-hmm. with your mixes. So, like, what's, what crowd do you feed off of more? Like, what city is it that you feed off of more, if that makes sense? Not, no, not dissing any other city, but what city is, like, mm, I really, I really fuck with this vibe. I feel like here, because mm-hmm. um, the underground scene, you know, like, like, I just kind of, like, understand um, influence, like mm-hmm. and culture around here now mm-hmm. so i feel like i do a really good job of playing music that's like complementary to like go-go is everything mm-hmm. like go-go is everything here and for a while i didn't understand the magnitude because you because you lived in baltimore for a while and well, i felt no, and I i've gotten this okay because i've gotten because i lived in baltimore for like three years because i went to towson and mm-hmm. i'm I still people in baltimore and the slander it's the slander. As soon as I say I'm from uh, PG County, oh, 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 yeah, oh, go go, yeah. So, <laughs> I, so it's like two things. Like it's beautiful. Like it's it's really beautiful that like there's a, a really huge community that it's 
crafting their own style of music and that's literally what everyone is committed to and mm. it's like go mm-hmm. go or nothing mm-hmm. and but then in artists that of course not every artist is a go-go artist there are artists that do rap r&b mm-hmm. punk um trap out here in the dmv and guess what their influence is go-go in some way some shape or some form there is some type of go-go aesthetic in the song like um afro velvet's dc her, I, yo, her song DC is just what's her name? Afro Velvet. Afro Velvet. Mm. Yes, like it just gives me. I, I hear those like go go tones. I feel it like soulful, like church kind of vibe. Like I just, yeah. I, it just it gives DC. Like, yeah, a lot of a lot of DMV DC. girls like have the same like singing style. If you li- listen to it, they have they they sing kind of like the same way a little bit. Some yeah, I could I could say that. But, like, I feel like the, for the DMV is definitely opened up a window to a lot of girls that, like, mm-hmm. have so many, you know, different sounds. But still, mm-hmm. I can hear a little bit of that go-go mm-hmm. and, like, their style. So, like, that's one thing I understand. Like, and I love DJing out here because I feel like, and also, too, being from Delaware, um, when I think about the DMV, you know, I never separated them. And I thought that the people here, because in Delaware, there's three counties. Mm-hmm. Kent, Newcastle, Sussex. Okay. We travel the whole state for sports. So, because it's so small, mm-hmm. we all know each other. If there's a party going on in Dover, like a lit party, maybe some people from Newark will come down or some people from Sussex or Rehoboth will come up. Mm-hmm. Or if there's a lit party in Wilmington right outside of Philly or even Philly, we'll all come out of, you know, out of Dover and go uptown, like go upstate and go to their parties. So my perception of the DMV was it was the same thing. It's so even though it's a little bit bigger, it's so small and they're so neighboring that all y'all were hanging out because y'all were so close. Mm-hmm. But then I got here and realized, like, I'm not from the DMV. I'm from D.C. Mm-hmm. I'm not from the DMV. I'm from PG. Mm-hmm. I'm not from the DMV. I'm from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I'm not from the DMV. I'm from Nova. Mm-hmm. Okay, I understand. Yeah, it's a collective, and y'all y'all share space. Yes. but I respect the different entities and the different communities. It's very prideful. Yeah. I understand now. And now that I do understand that, I do my best to make sure everybody's incorporated in the music because I'm understanding the music is different too. Mm-hmm. So I think that the DMV, and I would always have to pay respect because my career is what it is because of DMV. Because of the, yeah. I enjoy it here the most because I feel like I understand it the most. And I feel like people are way more receptive to me now, especially because I'm adamant that I'm not from here. But mm-hmm. I do my best to contribute, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. to everything community and local music, arts, creatives here. So. Mm-hmm. So, what city would you want to go to that you haven't been to yet? Um, that I haven't been to yet. I want to go to. I want to go back to Austin because okay. I went for South by Southwest. I haven't been back, but but you never DJ there before. Nope, never DJ mm. there before. Hmm. Nope. Do they still do South by Southwest? I feel like I haven't I'm not seen that. Sure. I know they did like a virtual one last year. Okay, and I think I did see. If I'm not mistaken, Di Trinata from Baltimore may have been announced as an official artist for South by Southwest this hmm. year. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm wrong, when do I they when do they usually have that? It's normally March mm. of every year. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, between March because I went spring break, um, and I think this year, yeah, it was definitely virtual, and they did it a little later. But if I'm not mistaken, I feel like that's what she was, that was announced for. But yeah, I would like to go to Austin because I I loved it out there. And How long were you great. out there when you went? We were there for like three or four days, mm-hmm. maybe, mm-hmm. and we saw everybody. Like 
I saw J. Cole. Oh. I saw... Um, He's from North Carolina, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I may have seen Rico that year. Um, I saw a lot of people. I have yet to see Rico live here. I, and she, I think she was her. just here for that Playboy Cardi concert. Or maybe she's... No, she's coming next month, We I think. went to the one in Orlando. Mm. I missed it. Like, we were walking and she was performing all my favorites. Damn. I was damn. like, damn. And then, like, we got there and literally, like, we caught, like, maybe the last song. And then I was sad. Because I really... We really came for Rico. Because I like Playboy Cardi. I love Cardi, Rico. But I just know those type of fans. You know? He yeah. has a younger, different fan base that... um. I'm a little different as well. So. Yeah, that, yeah, and, I, and, I, and I've noticed that too. And it's cool. I like I like that. It's like really refreshing. Like, what would you describe your like palette as when you do, when you do your DJing and when you make your mixes and stuff? Like, what would your palette be? Like, what do you like to incorporate? It's definitely nothing on the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, great. I feel like, there's too much music that does not get the credit or the attention mm-hmm. that it should. Just like um, at the Larry June show on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's it's crazy because I had already planned, I had already put this song in my crate. I was like, I had to play A Love's Gary Payton with Smoke Dizza because he got a feature with Smoke Dizza, mm-hmm. who is legendary. Um, definitely done a couple songs of my favorite currency. And I was like, I got to play it. Currency lover too. Currency lover, absolutely. So then he met, uh, he wrote me on Twitter. And I told him, I was like, it's happening. He was like, you got to drop my song. I said, bro, it's already in the crate. And I literally dropped it. And the crowd was so like you know it was a, it was one of those smoked as a currency Larry June vibes. It was mm-hmm. a head bop. It wasn't a and I knew that that crowd wasn't the lit uh, Chief Keith. I don't like mm-hmm. you know I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they liked that music mm-hmm. for sure. But I just knew that this was the opportunity to like get people out and like play their favorites that they don't get to hear on the radio. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's so much music that like you know I think people realize like I feel like I've been so hard on the radio. People are like, Rhea, nobody listens to the radio. And I'm like, but you don't understand it has potential to be, you know, something more than what it is. Like, they're in Atlanta, you know, I love listening to Atlanta radio stations. Really? I'm always learning what they play. What they play in Atlanta? Local. Really? Yes. Like, uh, radio stations in Atlanta, they're majority, the majority of the time they're playing artists from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And it's always, like, just it's just Atlanta. Like, the whole... The whole I station, haven't been, I've been to Atlanta before for a few Atlanta. days for a few days yeah only for a few days just once yeah just once yeah I, I went to Atlanta like I think it was like May I was in Atlanta for like a few days in May yeah Atlanta is lit it's lit we were in a club it's lit it's lit it's different so much to do it is we had a fun time we went to the trap museum because we had to we had to go there we can't just not go to the trap museum but the club we went to the club the club was interesting it was There's, cool I feel like sometimes I get so overwhelmed because there is so much to do. So I'm like, dang, y'all, do we go to this person's birthday Can they party? tell that you're not from there when you go to different cities? Oh, for sure. I th- it's, it's a hospitality thing as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I also feel like not as many women, especially when guys are like, how you doing? Oh, well, how you doing? And I actually stop. Be like, like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, if you did in, if, in New York, we'd be like, oh, wow, you said excuse me? Wow, yeah, oh, my gosh. It's like, <laughs> you know, and then, like, and then especially here. Like, I, I this one story is so funny. I was managing for Stella in D.C., mm-hmm. and I was hosting a, a team. You were managing? Yeah, I managed for Stella. Our so you, you manage? I work in a beer industry. I own a beer distribution company now. Co-owned. See, you didn't run that down. So, like, so let's, let's, okay, other than DJ, other than DJing, other than DJ Remafia, what else do you have your hand in? So I've bartended the same amount of time I've DJed. That's how I've okay. sustained my DJ career. In D.C.? 
uh yeah in dc and at pinquarter sports tavern it's okay. a gallery uh-huh. um uh national mall area mm-hmm. and then i bartended at buffalo wild wings mm-hmm. in capitol heights oh um, I did this little bit of bartending at Longhorn. Okay. Um, a little bit of bartending at Fridays. Like I've worked at so many places out here. And, and the, the Fridays they're lit after after an hour. They let oh. you play your own shit on your phone. Oh, for sure. And they used to have me DJ there on like Thursdays. Mm, okay. So like um I've been DJing and bartending the same amount of time and I I don't drink as much beer because I'm vegan now and it mm. just it doesn't do the same oh, wow. things to me. Bless anymore. you, bless your heart. Yeah. So um I've been in the beer industry for four years now and I was a sales rep with Miller Light, Yingling, mm. and um Sam Adams. And then I was managing for Stella DC market for U Street, DuPont, the Wharf, um where else was I? Oh, shit. Uh um Adams Morgan. So mm-hmm. in all like the lit spaces. And so um I would just host events and just give out free Stella, honestly. Curate these events with the accounts and we just, you know, influence and promote beer sales. And you think that helped you build your fan base as well? The bartending definitely did. Because when I first started DJing, I didn't have an Instagram. Oh. I didn't have an Instagram for like four years. So when did you get an Instagram? 2016 or 17, maybe. Oh, okay. So all the people that knew that I DJed from 2015 to 2016, it was word of mouth. And it was from serving, it was from being a server at Buffalo Wild Wings and Bowie. Yeah, because I'm like, because like you're booked and that's good. I'm like, how did you, how do you get these connections? That's a another thing. Of peop- a lot of people will tell you that they either, I'll either look familiar from Buffalo Wild Wings and Bowie mm-hmm. or that they met me there. I met um, uh, DJ Jeff Too Funny um, at Buffalo Wild Wings and Bowie. And from there, I met DJ Freeze, mm-hmm. and then they already knew Travis because mm-hmm. they all went to Bowie. So like, do that you know Wanzel? I'm not sure. I maybe if I saw, I'm like okay. a really big person on faces. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's how I got connected with them, and then my coworkers started to hire me. So one of the bartenders hired me for like a cookout, and he was just telling everybody how amazing it was, how his family loved me, and then I was literally getting booked for a lot of Bowie graduation cookouts. Mm-hmm. High up. Flowers cook um, graduations. Okay. Um, doing a lot of family things at first. A lot of it was real family oriented at first, and then I started doing a lot of local stuff mm-hmm. because I didn't have a huge following. I didn't have an Instagram, so a lot of people didn't want to book me because then back then in the DMV, you had to promote as a DJ. You had to post on your Twitter. You had to post on your Instagram. And I always tell them like I really don't have a big following, so I could post all day. But I'm not from here, and maybe I can get one or two coworkers to come. But I don't have no friends. Like mm-hmm. I. Have, I have people that, you know, work with me and know, but, like, I don't have that following yet. So, from there, I was doing local shows, and then I got a residency at Tacoma Station Tavern. Okay. And, um, I've been there. Yeah, like, uh, Tacoma and I, we had a disagreement our last show, but I'll always forever have love for them. Oh, shit, I was at that one. Really? No, wait, the, the sipping paint? And then we did the... Yeah, because because they, cause they the sipping paint ran over into the, the showtime. And I and told then them to just not do it and anymore. Everybody was, pre- everybody was pissed. Because I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? Why did it end? Why? No, we just only performed for and an I, hour. And I squeezed like a four-hour show into like one and a half hours. Like, DJing. It yeah, was cool. Everybody we made was it pissed. work. It was... And that's... I, from there, I haven't worked with Tacoma, but I'll always, you know, pay them homage because they're the first people to give me residency. So, um... But, yeah, so just knowing, you know, just doing local stuff for sure, working at Buffalo Wild Wings and just mm-hmm. being, like, you know, my feet on the ground kind of DJ. And mm-hmm. from there, and then COVID is what oh. really, like, made my career go nuts. Yeah, so what did you do during COVID? Like, what, what are the things that you did um, in place of being out? I, like, right before COVID, um, Trilla and I had just opened up for Key. He's from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um and it's like literally one of our favorite artists. It was our second time opening up for him. 
we did that, and then we went to Puerto Rico like that weekend. And oh, we DJed for Opaline. Um, Opaline is an event curated. It's just, by it's just like it just, you just say, "Oh, like Puerto Rico, yeah." Mm-hmm. Well, I was only there once, but it was so fire. Um, Cyrilla Small, her name is Bree. She curated it, and uh, we went out there. And so from there, like we were doing some pretty like high profile, dope gigs, and then I was getting booked for a lot of like Instagram live DJ mm-hmm. sets, uh-huh. and then. Um, I started this mix called For the DMV, and I was featuring, like, eight different artists each uh, mix, and I featured up to, like, 200 artists, and I was able to start curating shows at Only Vibes. And because I was already doing local shows... Only Vibes. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Only Vibes. Shout out to Only Vibes, yeah. 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 And because I was doing local shows, um, you know, it was just, like, a nice history, you know, where people saw me from before, like, oh, I've, you DJed at this event, you know? So, and then from there, it showing love to how great the music here is sh- um shine a bright like a brighter light on like my artistry as a dj mm-hmm. so like from there it was just like and i was just doing so much so i feel like people pay a lot of attention and they realize that like i was really like going hard with the dj thing especially for like local it music. was authentic you did you really did the groundwork it wasn't like a gimmick or Absolutely. it wasn't because oh i know her because such and such oh she's pretty and this and that oh, let's have her on the flyer because she's so pretty like no she's like you really like built the groundwork i feel like i have to agree i feel like my following is extremely organic um extremely authentic like i'm real big on on numbers um and i know that like that's a perception thing for social media like oh as likes and stuff but i think for me i'm really big on like how many people follow me and how many people engage like Mm -hmm. the only people who follow me can leave me comments and i feel like that's a big deal because it's like i don't feel like anyone should engage with me or follow me that is not in tune with what i do so it's Mm -hmm. like that's why i try to do my best like with the people that i do follow and artists i'm always going out every weekend to support someone like i don't go out just to like go out Mm -hmm. going out because this person has a show. Or I saw that on Instagram. I posted it. I liked it. I commented, you know, or something like engagement is extremely important. Community is important. Um, and I feel as though it's, it's not just for surface value either. Yeah. You know, like um, I just feel like it just goes a long way, especially being inspired and having others inspire you and you inspiring others. You know, it just feels good for you to, you know, just be there and, and follow right. people and, and be in tune. Because what I hate is a person that wants to hang with me. What are you doing tonight? So I haven't <laughs> been posting this event all week. Like, you liked it. You commented on it. Right. Are you going to be there? Like, right. I, I don't I don't like fake engagement. I don't like fake tapped in. I like, um you know, or, and support is, it, it could come in so many ways. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be physical. It could just really be, like, a, I see you. Like, keep it up. Yeah, and I was telling one of my friends, I was, like, because, um, like, he had, like, a show, and he was telling me, because um, I couldn't make it. I was doing something. But he was telling me about how, like, you know, he was getting frustrated with a couple of his friends because he was, like, you know, I always go to y'all's shows, like, go to my show. Like, he was, like, trying to convince his friends to go to his show because they're, like, oh, no, 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 But, like, I always go to your show. But I'm, like, look, don't beg anybody to go to your shit. Focus on people that are genuine without you having to make them. Don't don't you shouldn't have to remind someone to like, hey, I went to your thing, come to mine. Why don't you come to mine? No, like pay attention to the people who are there. Yeah, you know that's what I've always say. Like with um, social media, people always want like ten thousand followers, or or how I look at it is a all right, cool. You you just dropped a song. You have a hundred followers, and you're getting ten likes on each song, or 20, 20 plays, or ten likes on each post. You drop merch, you know, you, you know that you at least have 10 to 20 people 
even out of your 100 followers that are going to tap in and see what you have to offer. And I feel as though as long as you pay attention to the people who are supporting, mm-hmm. the number will grow organically. And they'll say, oh, man, damn, like, their her first 20 fans got, like, free merch and, like, mm-hmm. a free ticket to a show. Like, maybe if I tap in, it's it's a it's an ex- equivalent exchange. Like, so, but I just feel as though those are the things that need to be done in order to have, like, organic support. And yeah, I had to start going out more, too, because I really enjoy, like, different creatives and things like that. But I'm, like, I used to didn't really go out to certain things a lot. But, like, now that I do, it's, like, you know, I'm really meeting all these people that, are like, I have the same interests and, like, that are just like me. And, like, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, and just to just to grow as a creative, I need to go out and engage with people. So I agree with that, too. Absolutely. Um, do you produce? Uh, yeah, a little bit. It's like a little bit. So I have like a couple of songs that like I, I engineered. Do you sing? Um, I used to sing. I rap now. Okay. Oh, okay. I I actually have my first like performance ever coming up this weekend. Where? Um, wait, this weekend? Yeah. Did I like it? It's oh it's, shit, am I, I fake? Okay. No, so, so what I like no no no. What I like to do is um especially with social media, like I like to post in order. Mm-hmm. I feel like you don't I feel like if you're consistently doing stuff, mm-hmm. people will always be like, What was Bria doing today? And I don't have to post it like in your face so many times. Mm-hmm. So like I'm a day before kind of promoter. Oh. So like and I like to do things in order. I won't promote anything out of order. So since this was today, mm-hmm. I haven't promoted my next events yet. Mm-hmm. But if you want to see my next events, you gotta go to my website. And mm-hmm. they'll say upcoming events, mm-hmm. but you're not gonna see those events on my timeline until I'm ready to post them because I feel as though the attention should be diverted to this one thing. Like this yes. is the most important thing right now. Cause I feel like like today I was supposed to post shoes for by myself. I wanted to but I had this the most current thing, and I'm like, I'm probably gonna have to wait till tonight to post about the shoes because mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing next. <laughs> yes. So like, I like to have that kind of order. But I literally said on Instagram Live, I was like, I have a surprise after the podcast. I'm gonna announce that I'm gonna have my first show this weekend. Um, I think I sent it. It should be here somewhere. Um, this her name is Brooklyn, who curated it. She um, is an artist from Virginia, mm-hmm. and She's amazing. So it's going to be Art of Noise and Petworth. Okay. Okay. I don't think I've ever been there. Can you send me the airdrop yeah. before? Yeah. I airdrop both of these. So, yeah, that's on Saturday. And then I'm DJing um, my really good friend Travis's uh, birthday party in Baltimore at his art gallery. Okay. Um, so that's what I got going on this weekend. Okay, and the Petworth Brooklyn, Brooklyn and Friends, but this is in DC. Yes, yeah, in DC. Mm-hmm. Her yeah. name is Brooklyn. Okay, but 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 but, yeah. Okay, I'm, let me see if I can slide through. Mm-hmm. Bring my girls or whatever. Okay, but yeah. So okay, so you said that you don't sing anymore. You rap. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Do you have like a rap song out already? So I only have features. I don't have any singles. Are you shy about rapping? I always say that I'm shy. I'm like a freestyler for real. Oh, and I also you're a freestyler. Don't do that. And I also <laughs> feel like <laughs> and you I know also, in a freestyle. No, I'm, I'm too sober to even attempt. That shit gonna sound like you don't have any. Doctor any you don't have any pre pre pre. No, I'm not pre mental. Literally off pre, the top. Pre mental because like, they be having like like boy shit. like I hear this fucking the same verse you spit at fucking Funk Flex right. the ne- like last month and now it's on a song. 
but that's cool. That's fine. And also too, like I, I've never realized that like I do, I live a lifestyle that's some worthy content of writing. Mm-hmm. But I just oh, haven't mm-hmm. had the time to sit down. Like I'm just so on go that I'm looking forward to tomorrow, mm-hmm. so I can just kind of sit down in my notebook. So would and, you like, give them the mic at the Brooklyn and Friends? I'm rapping. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm rapping. I don't know why I just think that you're gonna DJ. Uh, uh-uh, no, this is my first, my first. You're gonna rap as an artist. You're gonna art. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, shit. So I only have songs <laughs> with Trilla. And um, so I'm like, you got to perform with me. And every time she performs, she's like, oh, we got songs with and you. And she raps? She sings. Sings, okay. Mm-hmm. She sings. So we got like a couple of songs together. We'll do like four or five songs maybe. Would you ever do like a compilation album like like DJ Khaled does or DJ Clue, DJ Drama? Like how they... So I feel like my mixes are kind of like that. But like, I'll just drop my tag, but I'm not going to talk. I hate talking. Like, seriously, it's like, I don't want to say anything. Like, just listen to the music. I'm about to be like, yeah. <laughs> it's the Le Mafia tape. <laughs> well, you got to remind people who you are and what they're listening to. No? You know who it is. <laughs> what artist would you want to work with? Like, does anybody, like in the DMV or does anyone famous? Like, what artist would you want to work with? So, like, I I I don't want to work with any artists like music wise. I just want to have the opportunity to like Trill and I have been talking about this all day. We just want to help people like with tours. Okay. You know, like I feel like as a DJ, your perception of like what works and doesn't work, I think it's the best for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like and we're also um really really heavy in the industry as far as like the uh, service industry, mm-hmm. entertainment industry, and just understanding. Beer sales, liquor sales, mm-hmm. merch, uh, tickets. You know, we just have a really strong dynamic of, like, what, how all those things influence each other. And, you know, some of these shows, I, I, I'm sorry, but I can't go to concerts unless, like, I'm on a list. Oh. Um, because I know majority of the time shows don't have openers or don't have opening DJs, and I just don't have the just don't have the energy to just listen to house music and just sit in between like i want to you know if you're paying for a ticket you want to pay for an experience experience yep like and that's why i was like at the larry june show monday i'm like i really want to give these people an experience of a dj they've probably never heard crank before this kind of show before like where else are you gonna hear currency and dom Mm -hmm. and and nip and mac miller and Mm. schoolboy like well, she's going to hear that before a show if there's, like, not a DJ to play that. Because usually the venue house music is, like, some bull. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, I feel like a lot of these events could capitalize even more money if they took the time to really understand the crowd dynamic, the DJ dynamic, the energy, just the atmosphere as a whole, and what attributes to making the most money. Yeah. It's not about making the most money, but to venues it is. But I feel as though that just, and, but I also think that venues are also skeptical. Um, it, it's it's just, it's deep. Like, I feel like it's deep. I feel like venues book certain black acts, but want to limit what these mm-hmm. acts are able to do and what they yeah. don't do, you know? Yeah. But when it comes to non-blacks that are not, acts that are not black, when it comes to acts that are not black, I feel like sometimes the energy is a little different. Because it's more commercialized. For sure. They can like, yeah. And mm-hmm. also, too, you know, a lot of people don't think that black people are profitable. Mm. A lot of people don't think black people will spend money on drinks and spend money on food and support venues. You know, like, 
at the end of the day, if your venue doesn't cater to us, why would we be there? Type why? Shit? Why would I spend my money? You know, you and and also too, it's like, and they also think catering to us is giving drinks that we drink. So like, oh shit, not I'm no not fucking... even gonna name this venue, but I went to a venue and they didn't have any tequila and any vodka. And I only drink tequila and vodka, and they had brown and shit. They only had Jameson and Hennessy. Hennessy. Ooh, that's so. And that's that's. They just call me the N word. I I said it. I said they just call me a nigga. Man's was black. I said, you know, this is racist, right? <laughs> and he was so confused. I'm like, I was laughing. I'm like, but no, bro, this is racist. Like, you think that we all drink Jameson and, and Hennessy? I'm like, sir, I don't drink these things anymore. <laughs> like, that's fucked I up. I can't. It, like, my body will fight me yeah do say will knock me the fuck what out what is do say do like, say what, I, like what is that like do, what, is, what is that even yeah like, i'm not even really anything girl i'm literally like, like i said before i'm a weed edibles girl i'll drink some wine look i'm never gonna turn down no free alcohol that's one but if i'm paying for it <laughs> if i'm buying bottles it's tequila or vodka right so Okay, um, so we actually um, asked your followers to submit some questions, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring those a couple questions up before we close the show. But I wanted to sorry, I wanted to shout out the fact that you were featured in um, was it the Washington Bridge DC yes. magazine? Yes, publication. I was with so many other for amazing. women and non-binary DJs. You need DJs. to know. How did that feel? So that felt great. Like it felt amazing. Um, you know, for the to tap in with me and just say that they had been watching and, and support everything I do. But the best feeling was being on that list with all those other DJs. Mm-hmm. Every single one of those DJs on that list, I definitely agree are DJs. Like who? Let's name some of them. Give them a shout out. Oh, um, so Trilla, mm-hmm. uh, DJ Nah For Real, mm-hmm. who's one of my good friends. Trilla's one of my good friends. Bass. Um, in the honorable mentions, there was Sean Don. Um there was, I think Farrah might have been on there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, did I say Bass already? I'm not sure if I did. Literally all of the, um, I think Donald was in the honorable mentions as well. All of those DJs mentioned are DJs that I absolutely admire and support and absolutely just appreciate their work ethic and what they do. That's what's up. That was That's big. That's all huge. The D, all the women DJs. The women DJs out here are better. Oh shit! I'm not. I'm not. I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked because a lot of these female rappers are kind of eating these y'all, niggas out here too. The women be eating y'all niggas up, right? Eating these niggas up for real. <laughs> no, nah, that ass though, for real. Okay, okay, that's what's up. That and that was that was that wasn't your only um feature before. You had a couple other features, right? Um, yeah, I was in also publications. in um the Crown Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also in the Marie Fountain show. Mm-hmm. I was also in Hostile Sunday. Um, I was also in, um, forget the name of Planet's, uh, uh, platform that he has as well. I was featured in his platform also. Um, I forget. Anybody. Doesn't that what, like, that really motivates you, right? It's like, I want to keep going. What motivates I'm, me? Like, that, make, that really motivates you, right? Oh, the interviews and the publications? Yeah, like, them just shouting you out, like, you really being acknowledged for your work. I think, like. Because I'm sure everyone has their moments of, so, like, self-doubt, you know? Definitely. I think that what what is the best part about that is that I get to show people a side of me that, like, if you know me, then you know me. I'm not from here. So nobody knows how I grew up and where I come from. You know, mm-hmm. I don't speak on the things that I grew up in in Delaware because not to say it will ever, you know, be on the same magnitude of what goes on here. 
but I've definitely been through some shit back home. But I feel like a lot of people don't understand that dynamic about myself. So, like, the support is great, but just the opportunity for me to speak and let people know who I am. Because I feel like everybody's first perception of me, especially last year with the conversations and the debates that I were getting on publicly on Twitter, Mm -hmm. you know, about the local music scene here, it definitely you know, gave me a persona of a very aggressive person, mm. of a very negative person, and that my name was OG Bree, and my name's DJ Bree Mafia, and that I'm spewing negativity. But how I felt was that I don't think I don't think something's negative that everybody agrees on. You know, I think that things are wrong, and, it, and it's important that people speak up because you're not going to invoke change if nobody's so People were having anything. an issue with you about your delivery? For sure. For sure. Like, said I was disrespectful. Mm. Um Said out, said I'm very disrespectful on Who social media. Who said that? Um, you don't say, you don't say, you don't say. <laughs> I will say no names. Okay. It's really, it's, it's really not that deep no more. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I, I know for a fact that opportunities have been hindered or opportunities that have been dubbed for me because of people's perception of me because of those engagements I had with those. Man, folks. fuck that shit. If you can't, if you can't listen, I open up for Larry June on Monday. Like you know, fuck what I'm that saying? shit. If it was, if it's, it's, it's fine because the the order of things is going to happen for me. Exactly. If, it, if you if you don't want me, that's fine. You don't. I, I don't. It's not. I'm not for you. Talent gonna speak fuck for itself, shit. and truth gonna speak for itself. Fuck that shit. But Always. no. But that whole Toma Tavern thing, I remember because I was there. That shit was whack because everybody was mad about that shit. Um, and they, it, it, I understand it. Like I saw who was working, like in the service industry. Like I get it. You know, you probably have a family. Like you probably have kids. You don't want to be here at the restaurant all day. Nobody is working in the service industry anymore. Nobody is working those hours and making that money. Like, weird. after COVID, it's not as easy for you to get people in there and just work. I read the energy. Like, they did not want to extend the time, even though old boy double booked and didn't realize the pain sip was going to lead into the next game. That was wild. And because it did, they didn't want to compromise because he didn't communicate. He didn't even tell them that the times were going to go overlap. So they're thinking that everything was still going to be done at 11, not realizing that we didn't even start till 11. Yeah, yeah, everybody so, was pissed. Um, but I was actually able to kind of put my foot down and be like, no, we're going to still do this. I was like, either we don't do it all because they wanted me to get on stage during the pain sip was going on. I'm like, first off, I never DJ on the stage of Tacoma. I'm always in the back. I hook up to that channel back there, and I stay in the cut. And you come back there, and you see what you want to. I'm not an on-stage DJ. Mm-hmm. Like, unless that's the boop, it's the boop. But I, it's not about you seeing me. Like, it's just about you catching the vibe. The vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, for real. But then I, what I'm learning is people are catching a vibe off of seeing me do my thing. So, mm-hmm. like, Larry June's show, the only times I looked up was when I spoke on the mic those four times. And I explained, like, I'm not one of those DJs that talks on the mic, y'all. Like, I'm just going to tell y'all. So it's like, hopefully y'all fuck with me. Hopefully y'all vibe with me. And yeah, because that's just what I do. Like, and I'm not going to fake act like I'm a, you know, mic DJ just because I'm here at the Larry June show. So, um, but yeah, like, I feel like I'm just not that kind of DJ. Like, just, just, just catch a vibe. Yeah. Like, make it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because like a lot of a lot of DJs are like real flashy and shit. You know, sometimes it's just like I don't even about pose for pictures. There is so there is so I I don't even know if I have. It's very rare that I have pictures while I'm DJing. I'm like, <laughs> your page is nice. Me. Your page is she has yeah. cute she has cute little turntable pictures. Yeah, I tell everybody that like wants to take pictures of me because I'm not a model. Like I don't enjoy. You're gorgeous. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank, I, thank you. I'm just not a gonna pose for you. I'm mm-hmm. like I'm not. You please just catch me in the moment. I love you. I love when I'm talking photos. I actually do like that. Like, I like real stuff. Like Lifestyle I, photos. Yeah. 
Because I feel like <laughs> there's a lot, you know, I, perception is, people's perception is shit is perfect, man. I'm like, I'm not perfect, one. And I love what I do. And I feel like if you just see that me doing what I do instead of me being like, look at me doing what I do, mm-hmm. people will retain it, you know, and absorb it a little bit better than me being like, I'm just posing. Because there's so many DJs I see and, like, their page is just them, like, cute behind a DJ booth. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but is you cranking, though? Mm-hmm. Like, Give me a, what, what the video's looking like. Yeah, you cute. Where the mixes at? Was you on live? About? Where's the repost at? For real. You feel what I'm saying? Where the mixes at? So. <laughs> okay, so let's get to these questions real quick. Okay, so shout out to think underscore eight oh eight. She she said she asked a few things. So first, her first question was, um, do you ever get tired of all the traveling you do because you are booked? Do you ever get tired of driving from state to state, especially on the East Coast to New York and Philly and Delaware and shit? No, no. Driving is so therapeutic for me. Oh my god, I love driving sometimes. Like with the right music. See, I make playlists. I'm not DJ, so I make playlists. I can make you like listen listen to. Huh? I can make you like your own personalized. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then like you go give me your rate, Mm -hmm. and then no, that's like no, that's like it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And I listen to I listen to podcasts and stuff too. But yeah, so you you love traveling. Yeah, like. You like long distance? Like you like drive for long periods of time? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I like, train. Actually, get trained in Baltimore, and I I drive like because I, I live in Lake Arbor, so I drive like the hour and some change to get to my training session and work out for an hour with my trainer, okay. and then yeah, I, I don't I don't mind it. I love driving because like it's the only time I can sit in silence and be at peace with myself. Mm-hmm. Like I just sit there and just cruise. I love it. Like my grandparents, um, my granddad is scared to fly, so mm. we drove everywhere when I was younger. We drove to Arizona, we drove oh, to Orlando, shit. Miami. We drove everywhere. So, like, I'm just so used to being in a car. Mm-hmm. I think it's so calming and relaxing. So, no, like. Do you turn every- music up high? Yes. Mm-hmm. I like my music at excessive levels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every time I've gone to Orlando, though, I've had to fly because I usually have, like, a booking right before. Mm. And I can't drive. My little Nissan Altima Coupe is my baby. Like, I've put a lot of work into that car. Just a, a nice little cheap car. That and Nissan's go fast. Bro. I love that car. I've only had Nissans and Toyotas. Uh, so much. Mm-hmm. Nissan's Honda for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And I don't get tired of it at all. I love it. Like, I love being able to, like, DJ outside of the DMV, too. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is another question from Think underscore 808. She says, what's your favorite food? I don't know why she put that, but go ahead. What's your favorite food? <laughs> so, since being vegan. Oh, yeah. Like, because y'all be doing that shit. I I would say my favorite (laughs) food since being vegan is, like, um, like, I don't know. I love everything. And I feel like I have to be, um, you know, because, like, crafting food, like, in... And I'll just say plant based because like I'm I'm learning now that like vegan is just like this capitalistic ass like mm-hmm. white agenda. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very I'll just commercially. Say um, you know, as I learn more and more about plant based foods and understanding like um, the consistencies of like you know I feel like we're so used to eating certain things and you want to mimic those things. I'm to the point where I've like surpassed like the Beyond Burgers and like mm. you know, I've never tried this shit yet. It's it's weird if if you I feel like um I don't know. Every time you, we eat those styles of bur- like burgers and we drink, we always are really shitty the next day. Like, not, like, like really, like, feeling shitty. Like, really? you're hungover. You just feel bad because I feel as though, I feel like there's something that counters the alcohol. Whatever they put in that shit, it just does not mix with liquor, like, at all. Oof. Like, it just doesn't. Uh, but I think for me, it's just, like, um, making my favorites now. Like, my favorite food is lasagna. Ooh. And, like, vegan lasagna? 
I make a fire vegan lasagna. You know what? I had eggplant lasagna yesterday. That eggplant shit was fire lasagna as fuck. Is gas. And it's fire as fuck. It's delicious. All eggplant so, with cheese on top. It was bomb. Yeah, and it's just the vegan cheese. Like vegan cheese be weird. Like sometimes it is. You gotta get expensive vegan cheese if you want it. But like, I'm starting to get past the phase of like I need those substitutes. You know. So, um, I just love like veggies. Mm-hmm. Just. Just throw me. I, was, I went to the Altitas Italian restaurant. Of course, nothing vegan. I was like, bro, can you just like saute me some vegetables? Mm. And I love smoothies. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if I could ever be a vegan girl. I don't know. Because I'm, tr- I'm Trini, so it's like a lot of our dishes are like chicken. I'll tell you fish. my guilty pleasures. All right. So I, I really, maybe one day, farm raised chicken. Goat is bomb as fuck. Huh? Farm raised chicken, I may go back to some off flats, extra crispy wings. Mm and maybe a steak. Maybe. See, I can live without a steak. I can live without steak. The steak's fire, bro. But goat? Have you ever had goat before? I've had goat. Oh. I've, okay, can I, I, can I be honest? I'm a Capricorn, so sometimes I'd be feeling away about eating goats. Really? Oh, damn. It feels damn. a I'm an Aries, and so I hate like, I hate saying about I'm an Aries because people, like, hate Aries. I don't... I feel like as I've gotten older, people have just kind of made me, like, more aware to the signs and, like... I'm like, but there's people out there that be like, you're Capricorn. Like, I get, I get like, oh my god, to you're Aries. Oh my god, my ex is an Aries. Oh my god, maybe mom's I'm Aries. Like, I'm not yeah. your fucking ex. Right. Like, what you mean? <laughs> like, I can't with you. Aries. Didn't even give me a chance. Right. You just like prejudge me off my side. Right. Like, like I chose to be born. Right. On that day and that time, like, whoa, damn, give me a chance. And then it'd be uh, two Aries is enough, and it's like absolutely no more Aries. I'm like. <sighs> Good thing I'm a Capricorn, because everybody seems to fuck with me. <laughs> the thing is, people still fuck with me, too. So I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, you're saying, oh, my God, Aries, but then you're my closest friend. Like, what do you mean? Like, what you mean? You still fuck with me, though. Usually the people that be like, uh, those are the best, because I'd be like, uh, Sagittarius's. But my Sagittarius's friends, all the reason I'd be like, us, because I know they're all the same. But you know what? I'll say this. They're all the same. I've had bad luck with Virgo niggas. Every Virgo nigga I fucked with, it was a no. It was just like, oh, my God. I think for me, it's probably my own demise. It's about dating other Capricorns <laughs> or Sagittarius because I love Sagittarius so much. But Capricorns, two Capricorns together, mm. unless you guys are already millionaires, it's not going to work. Damn. You're going to fucking compete with each other at all times. <laughs> and then, like, What's your sign, uh, John? You Aries? Aries. <laughs> you Aries for real? No, Aquarius. Aquarius. Aquarius, like he threw the You going to February? <laughs> Shut up with your little account. Aquarius right after Capricorn. <laughs> Aquarius is cool as shit. They like the wise Capricorn. Mm. Not for real. January caps are definitely different from December caps. December caps got a sprinkle of Sagittarius. A little crazy. Because all the January Capricorns I know are, I feel like, you're a little bit better than me. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's because you're born in January. <laughs> like, like, oh, man. I do tell the difference in that, though. And Aquarius is in, like, the upgraded uh, January caps. I'm like, oh, all right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Damn. <I cannot. laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so, okay, so she's ex. This is all her, Lord. All right, so think. All right, think <laughs> underscore 808. What's up, girl? I fuck with you. All right, she said, is there an artist that you listen to every day? Yeah, Currency, every day. Every day. What, what's the, so, what, so what is about Currency that you fuck with so hard? Because, like, I was smoking Does Stally still rap? I'm with not the, the beard, nigga? He was fine as fuck. I don't know if Stally still is as consistent. How's he doing? Definitely put a, a Stally song in one of my mixes. I'm not exactly sure. Mm. Maybe I should tap in and see what's going on. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah. Currency, though. So, like, um, all right. 
like I started smoking weed in middle school, like eighth Ooh. grade, and then I was real big on MySpace, and I just because my uncle was DJing. He would get songs from LimeWire, and sometimes LimeWire was LimeWire! Yeah, like, LimeWire, Currency was doing Napster. these freestyles. Like, he was doing these freestyles of, like, songs that were popping. So you're looking for the song, but you get a Currency freestyle. And I'm like, oh, this nigga's spitting. And then I'm like, all right. Then I tap to his music. I'm like, oh, he's spitting, spitting. And it was around the time when Wayne was doing drops and shit, right? So that's when, so you know that he was originally with, with uh, Young Money, mm-hmm. Currency was. Mm-hmm. They tried to do some industry shit with his image and Lil Wayne's image. And he was just like, I want to do my own thing. So he did his own thing. And just what he was rapping about wasn't like the the bling bling girls shaking. I'm like, this is cool. Like, I actually can like resonate with it. I can relate to it. And like his progression as an artist, I've grown with it too. So like I've been able to see him go from like, Independent. I'm doing this on my own. Like no money. Da 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 da. Um, and then going to being independent, selling out shows, and then doing like getting into cars, which he's always rapped about. Like so, it's it's awesome to see him rap about cars and then get those cars in real life. Mm-hmm. Him being a family man. Like the things that he did for New Orleans, because you know they just had like another huge like I don't know if it was like a hurricane or um they had something come through their city and they were like flooded. Again, uh, really bad. yeah, and um, Jet Life Entertainment, uh, Jet Life Records, they um, you know, put together a gas drive and they were giving out gallons of gas to the community. They put together a food drive, like, and those are just beautiful things to see as an artist that's saying, like, I'm really doing this for community, I'm just a family man, like, I just love cars and weed, and I'm like, me too, like, that's that's why I love it because I just can relate, so that's why I listen to currency every day, yeah. Okay, okay. Next question. Um, let's see. I'm Finna Kirk on Instagram. Oh, I am I I am F I N A C U R K. Um he says you got bars. When does your next song drop? Oh, actually, um our song Spreaders, which is uh featuring Trilla K. Charlie Monroe, myself, produced by Isaiah Tomorrow and Superstatic. It drops on all streaming platforms on the 5th. Oh. Um, and that's what, this week? That's this Saturday. Oops. Or this Friday, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, this Friday. Okay. 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 So, shout out to you. What's his name, Aaron? Yeah, Aaron. He's an amazing skateboarder. Shout out to you, Aaron. Um, okay. So, Desharm, D-A-S-H-A-R-M underscore. He says, how did you manifest opening for Larry June? So, my closest friends around me know that I say this all the time. I live in the future. And Mm -hmm, it's just mm -hmm. something, I just feel like when you're aligned with what you're supposed to be doing in life, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it will allow you access to certain things. And, like, visually, I always see myself in certain spaces Mm -hmm. in the future. Like, and if I don't see myself there, I don't force it. And I feel as though the work that I put in and what I dedicate my craft to, it exudes and it shows and people know. Like, everybody that that knows me as a DJ knows that Larry June and Currency and that just whole style of music is my favorite. And so um, when I saw that he was uh, uh, opening up his tour at the Fillmore, Fillmore. I was like, I tweeted in September, like, I'm going to manifest that because who else would open that? Like, who else would be a good DJ in this area to, like, really set the tone for Larry June. I emailed his team. 
Um, I messaged him. I commented him. Um, and I, I didn't lose hope. And then literally the day before I tweeted, I was like, I know the show's tomorrow, but I'm still trying my best to lock it in. I was commenting, still was messaging. Then um, we went out. We went to um, a Grise hosted a party at a Cafe St. X. I think that's what it's called. And Damo and DJ Where's King Meta. It's it's actually right off of U Street. It's crazy because like um oh yes, when she was she was because she I think DJ Damo she moved right. Yeah, she lives in LA now. I believe mm-hmm. or she lives in California now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she was DJing and K Meta was DJing. And one of my good friends, Vivid Dope, was uh, he actually photographed Larry June in his last show. And I saw him. I was like, Hey, are you taking pictures tomorrow? He was like, I don't know. Like I'm really on standby, but I think I am. You know, blah blah. And I was like, damn, like, I'm still trying to tap in, like, open for him. Like, I'm trying to get my mans that does sound at the film where to just give him a word and just put in their ear to, like, hey, if y'all need an opening DJ, you know, I got somebody. So um, then uh, he was like, well, you know, he's been here for two weeks now. And I was like, how, how the hell would I know that? Like, how would I know that? And I'm just like, well, that's cool, you know? So then I told Trill, I was like, yeah, hey, they just told me he'd been chilling in the city the last two weeks. My other man, Travis, was like, Yo, Larry June's here. Cause where? Cause where's Larry June from? He's in San Francisco. Okay. He was like, Larry June's here, and I was like, I looked. He was there. He's like, bro, you know what to do. I was like, all right. So I had a sticker. I have one sticker left. Well, one of my DJ Bree Mafia stickers. And this, and you don't even know. He doesn't even know you. And like, you mustered up the courage so, to go up to him. I feel like hmm. he didn't know me, but I feel like I had done so much on social media and tagged him so he much that you. he noticed me. Because when I gave him the sticker and he saw me, it was like a, like a kind of like a click, mm-hmm. and he introduced me. He instantly introduced me to his team, mm-hmm. and I connected with his team. And we text in the morning, and his team wrote me back and said, "Unfortunately, the tour manager wants to stick with the regular schedule." And I was like, "You sure?" He's like, "I'm sorry, Bree." He was very apologetic about it, and I just knew it was genuine that they that they attempted, um, and that attempt alone was everything to me. So. Um, he was like, but we're going to see you there. And that was like, him just saying that alone was like the positivity that I needed. Like, oh, well, he said you're going to see me. All right, cool. So um, I told Trill and Static, I said, I'm going to camp out the film where I don't care. I'll be the first person in the building. I'm going to stare at them. I'm just going to, like, figure this out. I'm mm-hmm. going to figure this out somehow. So I drive to Silver Spring at, like, 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in my car. Parking isn't free till 6. I'm just chilling in my car till 6 o'clock. At the, in, at the back parking lot? No, nah, I'm like... Across you from like the TJ Maxx and like okay. the, that area with all the shopping uh-huh, centers. in the so. front. Mm-hmm. Then I'm on live and I'm like, my spirit. I, I was down. I was disappointed. I couldn't front about it. And I'm. It, those are two things I really feel is embarrassment and disappointment. But I was definitely disappointed a little bit. So I went on live to vent about it. And then I was like, um, yeah. So I'm gonna tell y'all why it's not gonna happen. You know, it's not really up to the artists and the management. It's up to like the venue, the, venue. And the tour manager's mm-hmm. decision. And I was like, even though I'm not. And I, I even said, I was like, my body is not allowing me to say I'm not DJing tonight. Like, I don't know, y'all. Like, it's either You just be, felt like it. You I just, just felt, had to. You just felt yeah, it. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. felt like I couldn't say it. That shit is real. Then literally, Nature Boy called me and was like, they had asked him to DJ, and he knew how much I wanted the opportunity. He so he like, gave it to you. Yep. And that's how it happened. It's, it's crazy. Like, so crazy. But I, I knew it was going to happen. Like, I told Trill at the table, I was like, he said no. I told her, I was like, I don't care, bro. I was like, I'm still going to make this shit work somehow. I told her. So. 
so y'all, yeah, so y'all shared a DJ set. Oh no! Nah. So Trilla actually had to work. Um, she does a lot of work with uh, the bigger venues in DC, and she had to work that night. Um, but I was uh, like, I had been up since like six o'clock in the morning, just kind of sending emails and like sending the right text messages and messages and stuff. No, I'm saying when you DJ for Lady June, like it was all your set. Oh yeah, so yeah, it was. Um, Nature Boy hosted for me. Okay. So he like let me DJ the whole time, okay. and he MC. It was super organ- organic. It was like perfect. So perfect. Okay, that's what's up. All right, so just a couple more. Um, we good on time? We good? Okay. Um, so I am Sticks on Instagram. She says, what's a show you'll always remember? A show I'll always remember is the um, key show at uh, Milk Boy Art House in College Park. I went to Milk Boy one time, and that was on a karaoke night. Was it downstairs in their like comedy looking room? Next to the restaurant was it upstairs. I, I didn't go upstairs. I didn't go. I, I, I parked and I walked up the steps and I walked in. There's a where the bar is at. It's a bar venue upstairs. Really? The film. I mean, a lot of people Milk Boy. A lot of people have gone Milk Boy. Don't know that Milk Boy had a huge venue upstairs. And mm. but we did this one downstairs, and this is the first time that Trilla and I DJ for Key. Mm. It was crazy. Like and um, Quaddy Diesel, who is actually from Delaware. I believe that he might have opened up for him that night. Um, but that show is just everything. Like, everything about that show is just energy, set. Like, um, that's that's one of my favorite shows. And I feel like, for me, I would like all shows to be like that. Like, even though I dj at the Fillmore for, like, I like the, and that was a big venue for me. Like, that was major. Um, but for me, I feel like the artists that are able to pack out those smaller venues, mm-hmm. and they actually do come to, like, do a small turn up before mm-hmm. shows because I feel like the film where people are so accustomed to like that not happening unless that that event is catering to that style of event. But people don't normally come like turn up. But I love the ones where like people are so teed up the whole time. Openers like have everyone teed up. Like the momentum is just. I just love having a good time and I'm yeah, out. Yeah. Show. Okay. Do you have from Desharm? Do you have he says um, or she is that a, is that guy? It's a guy. I'm not sure. So, I was like literally screenshotting as I was driving. <laughs> do you know him? I'm not sure. Like, okay. I, I'm pretty sure. I have to see uh, Okay. So Desharm, D-A-S-H-A-R-M underscore says, do you have a roadmap on putting together different mixes for different crowds? I think I asked you that. Yeah. So I do. Um, so at first I was like, I'm an open format DJ, which I would say is honest. Like I, I will, you know, openly DJ any kind of format I would like. But I'm definitely, I think I'm, you know, well seasoned in the game enough to understand, like, this is this kind of crowd. Mm-hmm. I know they'll like this kind of music. This is this kind of crowd. Like, if you like this song, I know you'll like this song in the same playing field mm-hmm. type shit. So mm-hmm. um, definitely, like, the Larry June show, I definitely put a crate together of songs that I knew would just be complimentary to that show. Absolutely. And then the show, um, I did at an NFT gallery in Brooklyn yesterday, and it was a very, like, chill kind of like artsy but hipster hip-hop kind of brooklyn cool kind of vibe you know just to fit the aesthetic so yeah i definitely do like a better job of like reading the room and making Mm -hmm. sure that the the mixes fit the aesthetic and the crowd okay okay next question uh reek stacks underscore the barber says why did you cut your hair so you know what's (laughs) wild reek is like one of my good friends from delaware um so I had my sides shaved, mm-hmm. um, and this is my second time shaving them. See, I wasn't here when the first time I had them, so a lot of people don't know. I had my hair cut before, so it's not my first time getting my hair cut. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to grow my hair back out again, and 
anytime you have your side shave, you have to start over. Yeah. Your hair never goes back even. And I didn't wear my shaved sides a lot. I was wearing so many wigs and wearing locks that people didn't even know my sides were shaved. So when I come in here, it was just like, bunch of hair. I was like, I wouldn't even have my shaved sides. Oh, I didn't even know your sides were shaved. It's like, yeah, I didn't cut it just like randomly. I was just ready for it to grow back. Which is t- I just grew out of it. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, he had but he only acts like he's a barber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, okay. So dope DC dot creates um, says talk about what it's like to be a female in the business. Um. You just have to work with other women. Mm-hmm. For real, I feel like the perception, especially the DJ game for a long time is definitely it was male dominated. I feel like it's still male dominated, but I would like for people to realize, especially like when spaces don't cater to women, you know, if you don't have ladies free, you could at least have like a lady DJ, Mm -hmm. like especially with, with what has gone on, um, in regards to rape culture Mm. and, and, um, an awareness of consent, especially in the Baltimore area. And that's definitely, you know, a topic of conversation that, that needs to be discussed in all areas. Mm. It, it's just like moving forward and, and I would say due negligence on all of our parts to not being more focused on dedicating spaces um, for ladies, especially if they are male dominated spaces. Like I feel as though no spaces just have all men, you know, like do ladies free, have a, a, a lady DJ, have a lady security guard, have a lady curator. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, there's no reason that ladies should not be in spaces comfortably. And I feel as though it's like all of our parts as DJs to make sure that women are comfortable in these spaces. And, you know, me moving to Baltimore, I didn't even really know the magnitude of what was going on there. And I haven't thrown an event because I'm making sure that the next event that I do throw is a space that is safe and that women would like to attend. Um, so I feel like being in the industry is that I felt as though I had to work with men before because that's who was doing the popping stuff. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that it was popping stuff to maybe other men and to the majority, but it wasn't popping to women, you know? And, and also, too, the perception that they have their hands in all these things. There is so many other women that are in different lanes and have the resources and accessibility. You just have to tap in. For the longest, that was my setback, was that I had two disadvantages. Um, I wasn't from here, and other women were not as receptive to work with me. Hmm. Um, Trilla was the first person to really not, like, to not take my DM weird, because I feel like a lot of women probably thought, like, what the fuck? Like, she wants to DJ and practice, and, like, I was like, hey, I, tr- I messed her. I'm like, I'm, you know, I saw that you started DJing. I've been DJing for like four years now. Like, if you're going to link up and like grab a drink and maybe we can like practice together. She's like, for sure, let's do it. And we've been like inseparable since. And I think that I want to meet her. She seems dope. She's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I feel like people have, um, have been able to witness what her and I have accomplished together and understanding that like, yeah, two women can team up and they could be their own brands and their own identities because even though her and I do things to collectively together and we do have a collective called Trill Mafia, we are still two individuals that need to be respected as such, respected respectfully as such. And, you know, she is her brand and I am my brand. Um, and yeah, we are our own entities. So um, I just feel as though working in the industry as a woman, I understand that now is that I don't feel as forced 
to work with men. I understand mm-hmm. that there are other women in my corner and other women who are able to open doors for me, and I can open mm-hmm. doors for them. It's too. not just men gatekeepers, male gatekeepers. Absolutely, that they think they they think they gatekeepers. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, just a couple more questions. Um, so uh, is it okay? C H L R S X L M A. How do you say his name? His real name is Lo. Is 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 Los. Okay, Los. All right, shout out to you, Los. He says, if you had to compare you your mixing style to a specific artist, any genre, who would it be? Mixing style to any artist mm-hmm. or any genre, or what any would it genre. be? Um, I would say like, so I would I wouldn't say okay. What Kate Trinata does mm-hmm. is, I, I feel like it's similar to what I do, except for that I try to make that kind of house music, mm-hmm. but with like trap music or mm-hmm. with local music. So I love blending something local with like a upbeat Kate Trinata or like single. Give song. me an example. Um, so I'll do like um, Baby Callow has Multiply. That's one of my favorite songs, mm-hmm. and I could transition Multiply into house music Mm -hmm. and for me that i think that that's going to be the the really huge gateway for people because i feel like i i love house djs but i enjoy listening to lyrics i don't like listening to beats all the time you know um and i do feel as though that they could be incorporated in both like Mm -hmm. i feel like you you can do a nice little i try my best to do a nice little like balance of this sprinkle with that so that it's something different and um, but I would say that like I, I loved what Kaytrinata did, mm-hmm. and, but the only thing that was crazy was I felt like because I DJ so many Kaytrinata songs, mm-hmm. I felt like I was DJing. I was like, wow, like He's, this I, is so me. Is, I relate yeah. to you. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, I would I would definitely say um, his style for sure. Okay, um, so our last question: um, Audio Audio Dope Smoke wants to know what's your favorite currency project? Oh man. And he would ask this. <laughs> um, so it'd have to be between Weekend at Bernie's and Cover Coop. Because Weekend at Bernie's has my favorite song by Currency in the whole wide world, which is Pound Sign, Jets Go. I think a lot of people probably think, like, why that song? But it's pretty much just, like, the beat as a whole. Like, since a little girl, like, I will say little because I first heard that song and I was probably, like, 16? I'm 20. I'm about, I'm about to be 29. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'll say little girl because this is when I was having visions of, like, walking down the aisle type shit. The way this song starts off, it's, like, it's, like, this It's just a very, like, I could just imagine, like, doors opening. <laughs> like, <laughs> pedals falling. <laughs> like, me walking down the aisle. So, and then the beat drops. It's, like, like and I love currency, so I'm just like that's my favorite song. And I love his voice; it does things just, to me. It's just yes, <laughs> yes, so playful, so chill, so yeah. And then Stolly's beard does things to me. I haven't seen him in a while. Oh, I wonder how he's yeah, doing. Yeah, you got to tap into his stuff. Yeah, he's probably, he's probably doing all right. Yeah, it didn't cover Coop because um that came out like right before I graduated high school. And I was getting ready to make this big transition and leaving Delaware mm. and like leaving my life behind, which was super secure. Like I had two jobs, I had a car, like I had amazing social life. And then I just thought like me going to 
the big HBCUs like the cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like yep. and that was a project that like I was really listening to to and from everywhere and just like really thinking about like the next steps in life type shit and what's about to happen cuz it was a big transition for me going from Delaware to mm-hmm. ANT and, and that's mm-hmm. why I left ANT cuz I it was I was super depressed at that school. Really? I just for me the experience was it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I and I know people love ANT and I have all my best friends. I'm the only person that didn't graduate for mm-hmm. real. So um I love the memories I've made, but I think that like my perception of an HBCU of what I had of it growing like being in Delaware, it wasn't what it was when I got to ANT. Like I felt like I didn't come from money. And I didn't realize I was going to like a big school where like a lot of black people had money. Yeah, even at Towson, even though Towson was a PWI, even the black kids at Towson they had bread. Yeah, because I had to work two jobs and being be a, a full time student, I had to pay my own rent. Same. And all my all my friends, all my parents pay my rent. Same, and that's a and that's a really kind of like you know when you come from a community where Delaware cost of living is the same. Mm-hmm. You know we have no taxes, and even the, the the our friends that did live in the big neighborhoods. It was never no difference. Like we all hung out, and you would you would never feel uh, superior over somebody else because of how much money you had. You know what I'm saying? We all took driver's ed in high school. Mm-hmm. We was all driving. Our parents were all eager to give us cars. Oh, hell, yeah, same. Because we 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 had the education in school, so and it was trusted. So like, um, you know, I think like going to ANT and just realizing that one, I ain't come for money. That's one. Two, I be turned up <laughs> three i don't care what people look at me in class but like how you see me outside of class yeah like i'm a completely different person from in the textbook to like the teed up party time and i was just really having a hard time feeling like it was an accepting place like i just i just felt out of place yeah I mean, yeah, yeah, that's how it is. Uh, yeah, you think you think that you're supposed to be there. It's like it's like the the acceptable thing, and you know, I guess like I guess the thing that makes people so depressed is like, oh my god, am I a failure because I don't feel at home here? I don't feel like I'm accomplishing anything here, type shit. And so never, it's like, and I never did anything like at school. Like I I, I was really school spirited in high school. I mm-hmm. did everything like, but for some reason, I think that um, I think that the culture at A and T mimicked a culture that. Like, in regards to, like, say, you know, Aggie Eagle Classic, um, where they're playing North Carolina Central. Just the things that people say about Central, like, F Central, like, bro, why can't us as, like, students of HBCUs have a collectiveness of, like, community? Like, why mimic the culture that they You know, sometimes it's hyped up, and it's like, oh, I'm cool because I'm with this and that, you know. I didn't like it. I'm just like, and, like, I had my friends from Delaware come and play, and, like, I remember my homegirls, like, we want a basketball game? I'm like, I'm going to go to this one because they play in Delaware State. Like, all my homeboys play for Delaware State. Mm -hmm. I sat on Delaware State's side. They were like, how are you going to say? I'm like, these are my people. It's like, what am I supposed to do? I go to A&T and it's just, no, bro. People are weird. happy they're here. People like, are weird. I'm happy to see them. So, yeah, yeah, that was, that was, I mean, I love A&T. I've been to every G-Ho except for this past one and one before that. But, um, you know, I always should love the A&T. It just, it just wasn't my cup of tea. And I'm very grateful that I, like, went to Elizabeth City. You're doing fine. I love Elizabeth City. You're doing fine. Thank you. You're doing great. You. Okay, so you're doing great, sweetie. But um, <laughs> okay, so um, last but not least, uh, I just want to close this off. Like, you're on a roll right now. I love what you're doing. Um, where do you see yourself in five years? If you can. I'm 
I'm gonna own a venue in Baltimore. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, that's been the hardest part is figuring out where. I don't really want to compete with DC. Um, there's no need for me to force something. And I see the fight that these other venues are having, and especially what I want to do because I want to, I want to make a venue that is for my people, mm-hmm. um, that is ran by my people. So I already know what kind of fight I'm going to go up against in this community here in D.C., you know, where you have these venues with, like, um, the Pocket is a newer venue, and it's in a residential, you know, in the spaces where there are people living. So I feel as though if I not only give the community something, but also do things for the community. So it's like I want to have a venue in Baltimore, but there's so many other things I want to do, like I want to do, like, a cleanup, like, for trash. You know, it's like a trash issue. Just, like, I just feel as though if I'm going to live somewhere, like, how I feel – the DMV is in a PG, um, DC and Nova is a little bit different from Baltimore. Mm-hmm, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like the accessibility to resources is a little bit mm-hmm. better here. So I feel like here as a DJ, my contributions is saying, okay, local talent, you guys have an abundance of local talent. Let's let's shine that light. Baltimore too. But I feel like Baltimore, their issues stem a lot deeper. And they don't have a lot of things for them. You know, I feel like there are a lot of things for us in the DMV. There needs to be way more things for people for them to access in Baltimore. Yeah, you're right. I see it. It's you can you can see it when you when you go there Absolutely. sometimes. Yeah. So. so I feel like if you you know if we have a professionally ran venue mm-hmm. um, that is. Have you been to the new Songbird yet? In DC. Yeah, it's what's in Union Market. I haven't been it's there. It's a really yet. nice like 200 capacity venue. Mm-hmm. Um, nice intimate like setting. Got his garage doors. Um, you know something in that setting that like it's something that is for like local DJs for mm-hmm. local artists. Um, that they could have professional events that have professional sound, professional lighting, um, professional, not professional bartenders, but just, you know, (laughs) friendly bartenders Mm -hmm. that, you know, know what they're doing and not just somebody that like randomly just wants to work at a venue, you know, or just dedicated to music, the scene, familiar faces, our bad, um, familiar faces. So yeah, um, that's the main thing I definitely want to do is just, just give a space to the community in Baltimore. Yeah. I'm planning on actually buying a house in Baltimore next year. Same. Mm Mm-hmm. Yo, yeah. I feel like everybody needs to get on the tip. No, no seriously, because they're, they're redoing them houses out in Baltimore. They look real nice. Yeah, they look real nice. The Airbnb going to go crazy. Mm. Like, that's my next my next move is probably, uh, they're working on the, the crib right beside me. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out who is who is the owner. I'm going to try to get first dibs on rent and I'm going to Airbnb it. And I'm oh, going to yeah. live right next door. So, Oh, know, yeah, that sounds sound dope. Yeah, I'm trying to get me a nice house in Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. In the county or in the city? In the city in the city. My friend, she lives on North Gay Street and they renovated her house. Okay. It's nice. And I say, my crib, I love my crib. Because the outside, don't, no, outside don't, look like, don't look like nothing for real, but when you go inside, inside it's fire. Okay. Fire. Yeah. Yes. All right, y'all. This is nice. It's I love this. Danny. Yes. yes. Okay, so thank you guys for listening to episode 106 of Heard the Podcast and thank you, Bree Mafia, for joining me. Tell thank them where you. they can find you. Thank you for having me, Danny. Um, you can find me everywhere on social media, DJ Bree Mafia. That's DJ B-R-I-M-A-F-I-A. But if you want the most current things that I have going on, Go to that website. All right. Yes, sir. And make sure you guys follow us um, at Heard the Podcast on all social media platforms. And make sure you guys tap into us on any podcast media platforms. Make sure you guys subscribe to our YouTube channel. And, yeah, I'm out. Peace. Oh, that was good. This was love.